The Zone Coverage Podcast Network. This podcast is presented in front of a live Astadio audience. Hey, hey, it's Midwest Swing, part of the Zone Coverage Podcast Network. You can find Midwest Swing on Twitter at Midwest Swing Pod and Zone Coverage at Zone Coverage MN. I'm your host, Brandon Warren. You can find me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Warren. In studio today, we've got producer Justin working the knobs and the keys across the table. Tom Schreier at T Schreier Three. What's good today, man? Nothing, nothing crazy, which is a good thing. Still reeling from the tap room tour that we took on Tuesday. Right, it was a, a late night. A lot of a late night. A lot of alliteration there. But uh, before we get to today's guest, thank you so much for your reviews on whatever podcast platform you listen on. So, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, that purple icon. Spotify, Libsyn, whatever I haven't said yet. If you can leave us a five-star review, that would be greatly appreciated. Moves us up the charts, gives us more legitimacy with advertisers, that sort of thing. If you don't like the show, I always have the DMs open at Brandon underscore Warren. You can come let me know what we can do differently. It shows about you, and we can't do it without you. So thank you for your support. And again, five-star reviews, obviously very, very huge. Now on to today's show, and our guest is Matt Harrison at Explosive Output on Twitter, and tell me that that's not a weirdly vague flatulence name, like joke. Oh, no, it's a poop <laughs> reference for sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and you have, you, have, do you have little boys? I have three boys and a girl. So, I mean, you've, you've definitely dealt with explosive output. Well, I, as a member of uh, Fantasy Football Weekly, which mm-hmm. I've been on that show on KFAN for several years now, right. uh, we, have, we have our own little, like, bits and lingo and, uh, you know, sneet, the knee pit, uh, things like that, uh, injuries along those mm-hmm. lines, and yeah. uh, the Todd Heat Memorial Injury Report. And explosive output was always something that you wanted to find in a player, and sure. we just we just giggled about explosive output. Sounds like Jarek McKinnon's spark score. A, a little bit. So my name is Matt with one T. Mm-hmm. So a long time ago when we started uh, our podcast, uh, Fantasy Football Almost Daily, Charch was trying to explain my Twitter handle, and it was like, Matt... But with one T in the mat and Harrison and then the number one at the end of it. And it 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 it's a clunker of a thing to say. So yeah. I was just like, I'm just gonna find some combo of words. An explosive Memorable. output works. And it, it wasn't taken yet. That's... It wasn't well, not of course not. <laughs> no, that's surprising. Yeah. Well, it's good to have you. You yeah. and I met at formally met, we've been acquainted, but at a night to remember, that's night with a KN, kind of a cheeky reference, because St. Michael Albertville is the Knights, and we ironically live in the same community, which... We didn't know about. Yeah, St. Michael is one of those outer ring suburbs that's... You know, people have heard of Rogers. They've obviously heard of Maple Grove. St. Michael is when you say, I live by the outlet malls. And it's like, <laughs> oh, okay. Halfway to St. Cloud. Right, basically yep. that that's, uh, you know, do you work downtown? Is it downtown St. Cloud? Is it downtown Minneapolis? But we met at that, and you came up to me and asked me if I was who you thought I was, yeah. and, I, and I was, and I still am. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I know you from my office. <laughs> oh, there we go. And so, Oh, so this is relatively recently. It was like two, weekends two weeks ago. ago. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah, no, this is extremely recent. And I was like, whoa. You know, because I expected not to know anybody, because we've only lived in the community like three, three and a half years. So we're still getting our, our roots about yeah. us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once you have kids, I think your roots just kind of grow exponentially because you, Absolutely. you do hockey like you're doing, and, yep. and you, you learn parents, you learn families, you learn... You know, people who go to which grocery store and stuff. And that's all stuff I know about Rosa where I grew up, but not sure. here yet. But we're getting there. But anyway, so you and I discussed, you know, where we live and all that fun stuff. 
And you told me you were going to Las Vegas for, was it an NFBC event? Yeah, uh, National Fantasy Baseball Championship, which is a company that... Uh, I, I love their rankings, I, by the way. They're awesome. They, their ADPs are second to none. Mm-hmm. I mean, mostly it's because they got guys putting in $15,000 on a fantasy baseball league. So mm-hmm. you got to think that they're pretty honed in on what they're going to do in the draft. I, I use them all the time because when I would work for both Rotographs, which is the Fangraphs fantasy sure. site, yep. and then Fantasy Pros, mm-hmm. that's like the, I don't want to call it the Bible, but it's like the the scroll. That's the... <laughs> it's the Elder Scrolls elder you scroll. find in the yeah. water. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting into procedurally generated. Right, right, right. right. Well, it's s- similar to Scott Fish's uh, Scott Fishbowl ADP for football. Yep. Uh, it's, it's one of the first uh, ADPs that comes out where... A lot of industry experts and a lot mm. of really good players are playing it, so people kind of pay attention to that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So NFBC, they were doing their live drafts out in Vegas uh, last week. They also do NFFC, National Fantasy Football Championship. Yep, I've heard of that one. They I think do. they follow us on Zone Coverage uh, oh, nice. on Twitter. Yeah, uh, th- so they do two weekends out in Vegas as well, right before the NFL season starts. If you ever want to get into a high-stakes league, I mean, the NFFC, you can win two hundred grand. Uh, NFBC, I think 150 was the highest uh, right. uh, amount you It's almost win. like winning big uh, DFS. Yeah. Because we saw, I think, Drew S- or, uh, Evan Silva, the big Roto World guy, I think mm-hmm. he won like uh, 20 grand or 25 grand one time on just a DFS game. And like that was, even that was cool. And then you're talking like 10 times that much just to yeah. win a, a league. So we're seeing, and there's a lot of big industry guys who play in the NFBC right. as well. Like Paul Sporer had a league uh, out there. He was my boss at Rotograph. Yeah, absolutely. And we actually, so. He was on one of the first shows of Midwest Swing. Oh, nice. Yeah, so he's, he's a really good dude. I met him in Arizona, and in fact, the running joke was that he's so skinny, he bought a sweatshirt to stay warm when it was 80 degrees when we were at spring training. <laughs> no meat on the bones, no, huh? Right, so you don't have the <laughs> Byron Buxton extra bulk to keep right, you warm. Right, right. So yeah, I was out in Vegas helping them out. Uh, I do a little bit of marketing and... Uh, that kind of stuff for uh, Fanball, Sports Hub, Games Network, which includes NFBC, yeah. League Safe, uh, a lot of other companies, Best Ball 10s. Uh, that, uh, no, your no listeners what is Best may- Ball? Because I don't know what that means. Oh, you don't know what Best Ball I means? should. I should. Sounds this like is- golf, like when you, oh, when you <laughs> hit All each right. other's So um, a Best Ball fantasy game is a game where you draft, mm-hmm. and then you're done. Okay, so that you get the best stats no matter you, who you get. You get the best lineup in any given week. It's, it's e- optimized. It's, it's easy for football because football is you know week by week. So you have twenty guys on your football team, and the best team starts at any given time. There's no waivers. There's no trades. Oh, you're just done. You're done. I kind of like that. It, it's great because well, although football, baseball. although football though, uh, if you have like three ACLs. Yeah, yeah, football's done. injury your, your, your team's done. If you have but, Jarek McKinnon and... But and that's <laughs> why. Best Ball 10s is our website that does that. They're $10 leagues. Yeah. You can get in them at any time. We had baseball leagues too, but the baseball ones are done now. Yeah. Um, you get in any time. People do hundreds. We had one user do well over 1,000 Best Ball 10s football leagues last year. So they paid like 10 grand? Yeah. Wow. But 10 bucks and you can win 100. It's simple, and a lot of people use them as practice for their other drafts. Sure, their, their higher stakes leagues and stuff like that. But I just like playing them. <laughs> yeah, no, I we've, we've done like six or seven internal ones already this year for you football mean over here. In the, yeah, we're and people who don't know we're in the Fanball Building. Yeah, in downtown Minneapolis. Um, so it's actually very convenient that 
when I when I met Matt, I'm like, oh yeah, I do my podcast in your. Oh my goodness, I just, <laughs> Cy, Cy I just, just a, lurking outside I just our a building. Stare from Cy <laughs> oh, that's weird. So, <laughs> we uh, we we when I met him, we were just in the. Oh, you know why that death stare is? Yes. <laughs> hey, I love I love this show. Just a heads up, it's me, Cy Amundsen from Sports Center. <laughs> And the world of stand-up comedy. I gotta get you to do a stinger, man. Oh no, thank you. How, here's, how's, <laughs> how's this for a stinger? Stop using my stand-up on your Facebook wall. Zing! You don't know this, but it was just an accident. It just means I wrote a shitty joke. But Brandon put up a joke. <laughs> what? Brandon put up a joke on his Facebook. Did I really? Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, on accident. Hear me out. Let me tell oh, the sure. story. I've been monitoring Brandon's <laughs> Facebook and Twitter because every once in a while he loses his mind on there. Okay. And I like to reel him back in. I've We're, been getting better, I think. He I, has been getting better. Yes. He's been getting better. Good. I'm his reeling buddy, which could also be a sexual term. <laughs> Um, the, We're just rolling with it. The point is, uh, I was monitoring his Facebook the other day, and he had a joke about how he likes to go to his. <laughs> I know where this is. He likes to go to his his kids's uh, gymnastics. gymnastics and say that none of these are my kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which kid? Which kid is yours? I don't have kids. <laughs> Eric, uh, what I or, uh, sorry, not Justin, <laughs> not Eric. Justin. At the end of this show, I want you to find. Uh, the opening track off my album Love Sick in Toledo. And I'd, I'd like you to play it for Brandon. And people might think that I'm criticizing Brandon for stealing my joke, but I'll tell you right now, I'm more criticizing myself for writing a joke and putting it on an album yeah. that a Twins host came up with on his own. So oh, no. I love your show a lot. Thank you so much. I'm like, I got tears in my eyes. I'm laughing now because I'm actually like, hey, I actually maybe made a decent joke. Maybe. I don't know who it says more about, but I'm I'm worried that it's that's me. that's also what I'm afraid of. So here's the mic back to Tom Schreier in that sweatshirt he's been wearing for a few days. <laughs> that <laughs> that was clean it. Too. Yeah, that was uh, that was awesome. <laughs> and and so um, that Vegas. Oh, we were talking ah, yeah, about, I've we were, heard of this. We were talking about Vegas and and uh, so so is this is this league drafts. more more popular? In baseball, baseball is just so much more uh, labor. The intensive. basketball leagues, yeah, yeah, uh, or or the best baseball. Uh, so yeah. baseball, we we just launched baseball for baseball like l- late in the season. That sounds really confusing. Baseball, 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 yeah. baseball. That's why we just call them baseball tens. Yeah, so much easier. Um, we launched it in February, so we didn't have a big uh, runway on this year. It was kind of the test year for baseball. It was somewhat. Successful, I would say. It's just like fantasy football. You basically have to look before the Thursday yeah. game, look again before the Sunday games. Baseball, you're looking at every well, lineup every day. If- for best ball, it's great because you draft 32 rounds yeah. in in baseball. So you got a good size pitching staff, a good size bench. You can you can get a few prospects in there, throw them throw well, them then, at the bottom you of your roster. Like, good, good. Yeah, and, like, and, I'm not and, sure what that reference is. And but. then you back off. And and what I do is I generally don't look at my best ball lineups until. The tail end of the year, when when the year's about seventy five percent done, yeah, yeah. it's like a I'll savings go, account. I'll go back and check on them and go, oh, that one's gonna work out. Ooh, that one did not work out, and you know, just you just try. You're kind of hoping the prospects make up for the injured players. It seems like. Yeah, absolutely. And and the fun part about leagues like this, you can try different draft strategies. You can go. I'm gonna go in. Like you start four pitchers in a best ball tens yeah, baseball yeah. league at, at, at like every day. Yeah. Well, no, it's a weekly thing. So oh, four four pitchers it. per week. Start oh yeah. And then in your they lineup. cycle them. Yeah. Okay. So I came up with a strategy. I'm gonna only draft eight pitchers, and yeah. six of them are gonna be closers because closers score good points in this format. Sure. And and just get a couple of maybe stud start starting pitchers. So you beginning. want like Clayton Kershaw circa three years ago? Yeah, something like that. So draft eight pitchers and then just spend the rest on all these hitters and just just see if I can 
out-hit everybody. And I, I'm going to see if it works out. I tried it in a couple leagues. I don't know if it'll work well, out. Well, so if we talk about pitchers when our, we get to our buy and sell part, yeah. are you the kind of guy who drafted, like, Matt Boyd? Or you? So you would have had the great pitchers and then the closers. You're not going to be the kind of guy who's going to try to find the next best thing pitcher. No, I, I mean... Will you do that in daily leagues? A little bit in daily. I have a, I have a dynasty league that uh, we've been doing for a few years with mm. a lot of the internal guys here where... Yeah. Where I have a good pitching staff and terrible hitters, and yeah, you know, you know how that is. But yeah, I just watched it last week. It was Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> I have Kluber on that team, trying to get rid well, of him. You said you said you had great pitching, though. Yeah, I know. It's it's, it's do all. You, do you off. think he's? I mean, we don't have him in the buy or sell, but do you think there's a chance he's headed down a path? a la... I think I think it's starting to fall. I think he's he's hit J- uh, Justin Masterson maybe. He's hit the apex mountain, definitely. Yeah, uh, based on aging curves and that sort of thing. Yeah. Well. Now that I know you live in St. Michael, I'm going to have to get you in our neighborhood fantasy football league if you're interested. Because I do it different. So I I took over his commission. I restarted it. We call it Narrow Way Maulers 2. Okay. I live on Narrow Way. In fact, if you ever get there, my garage code is literally 6969. I'm not kidding. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, right? There's going to be a person in your garage when you get home. (laughs) If that's my wife, that's fine. (laughs) If it's anybody else, we're in trouble. And so anyhow, uh, I do, I think it was like 10 teams, but you're like, oh, man, a 10-team league. So we did like twenty man rosters. And yeah, I've, start, d- I've done some deep leagues like that. We've started. It was uh, one quarterback. I think it was three or two running backs, three wideouts, a tight end, and then three flexes, a defense, and a kicker or something like that. It was like sure. starting ten and then a ten man bench. So you really have to prioritize who you want. Mm-hmm. But then waivers is more of a non factor. And what I didn't like when I played with these guys the first couple years. Was on a ten-team league. You can pick up a starting running back off waivers. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. A Jarek uh, McKinnon, you know, a second division starter, or you know, whoever's starting for Detroit at this given moment, whenever it's you know, whether mm-hmm. it's Javid Best or <laughs> you know, R- R- uh, Reggie Bush a couple years ago. Like, yeah, you would always have the ability to get fifteen carries and sixty-five yards, or maybe even a pop-up guy. And yeah. I, I didn't like that. I want that guy to be on my bench already. Okay, then I can identify if I want to carry. You know, the backup to David Johnson this last year was that small school guy whose name is, is escaping me now. Um, God, totally escaping yeah, me, Yeah, the too. super small school guy. And so, and I know you're going to look it up. And so oh, what I like, though, is that I can identify those sleepers. So I had Cortland Sutton as sure. one of my guys because I knew he, he just balled out at SMU. And, you know, my backups, I actually prioritized there's, James Conner. There's something to be said with having, if, especially if you're in a smaller league, having deeper benches mm-hmm. to create more trading. Because it should create more well, trading. My brother's in that league, and it, he, he, he proposes three trades every day. That's a that's just a that's just a good owner right there. Yeah, I, I love owners that propose. I'll trades. tell him that because he's yeah. he is this Chase Edmonds out of Fordham? Yeah, Chase Edmonds, yes, out of Fordham. That's it. Nicely done. And so we'll have to get you in there because I'm sure some guys won't want to be back. Sure, because I won. <laughs> and my brother, who who's disabled, I don't know if people know my brother. He's yeah. he's in a wheelchair, but he um, he doesn't even live in the neighborhood. He got third. Okay. And then second place was a guy I played baseball with against who lives in Crookston, way up north. So the neighborhood was not very well represented. <laughs> You're gonna find the Maulers that are coming, yeah. coming your the way. The Maulers are gonna probably punch in my garage code and then yeah. uh, <laughs> take down my bikes or something. You know. <laughs> We don't want that, but anyway, yeah. So we'll have to we'll have to touch base on that again. So, Vegas, you're you're not fresh off the plane, but you've been home for a couple of days. You well, actually, I we do something with with our kids, and I have four kids. Um, my third one is ten years old. We do something called a ten year trip with our kids. Oh wow! When they turn ten, 
they get to choose a destination in the lower 48 states and go on a trip with just mom and dad. I like it. And it's something, because when you have four kids, you don't get a lot of one-on-two time with your parents. I'm the oldest of seven. Yeah, so I, there you go. I totally relate. So Jacob is my, my 10-year-old right now. He's our third kid. Um, he is a huge hockey fan. Player and fan. That's oh, why. I, that's I why we met. This. Yep. So uh, his choice was to go see his two favorite hockey teams play, and that's uh, the Minnesota Wild and the Vegas Golden Knights. I love so, it. So he went out. He wanted to go out, go to Vegas, and we were like, "Eh, do I want to bring a ten-year-old to Vegas? I've been to Vegas. Well, like what a, could possibly a happen? dozen times? <laughs> I've never well, been, and I don't think I want to go because I'm about ten years old mentally. Oh my gosh, there's. You got to shield the kids' eyes yeah. from the pasties covering the nipples, and that's yeah. it on some of the showgirls standing in the Hang middle on, of I the thought, strip. I thought pasties were those things in the upper upper peninsula of Michigan with like the, the that's pasties. I'm kidding. Oh, I'm the, sorry, the, not pastries. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of pasties. Okay, which are uh, different. I, uh, I'd much but yeah, so it's the, the stadiums downtown. I mean, you can't avoid it. The well, yeah, the stadium is right on the strip. It's yeah. between New York, New York, and uh, Park MGM, formerly Monte Carlo. Uh, I went to the game there last year. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, really good Minnesota showing. There so you were in March. Time. That was like March Madness time, wasn't it? Last year and yeah. and this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, I've been to two of the three Wild games in Vegas. They've won both of them. Oh, yeah, they've never I've been lost there. in Vegas. Have they? I don't believe so. Yeah, uh, they kind of have that team's number. Uh, so we went there. Um, we didn't want him to stay in Vegas for his whole trip, so we decided to go to the Grand Canyon. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I'd never been. My wife had never been, and obviously my kids had never been. There's so. a Hoover Dam out there, too? We went past the Hoover Dam. That was dumb. Really? Uh, yeah. Really? Y- you drive past the Hoover Dam to get to Arizona, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's on the yeah, way yeah. out of town. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you know, a modern marvel, feats of, uh, of, of human strength and ingenuity. No, it was just a big power station. Is, that, right. is that what it, James Bond descends into in Goldeneye? Do I have the right place? Probably. Yes, I was going to say, maybe you have to do something like that to make it cool. My coworker Trevor told me, I, I haven't watched the Transformers movie, but uh, evidently the uh, Autobots were hidden in the Hoover Dam. That's why it was built. Maybe that's that, what that, they're trying to find. Yeah, so um, I didn't know that. So I probably would have thought it was way you, cooler if I was looking you, for Transformers. Like Vegas to LA, you drive like 80. Is it the same thing there where people are just whizzing by at like 100? Uh, it's you know, it's like the Autobahn. Yeah, I mean seriously, the, it's an the, eighty the mile per hour speed limit was seventy five out yeah, there for yeah. for the most part. So you know, just, yeah. just like Minnesota, just set like it at eighty eighty five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Grand Forks. Um, so went to Hoover Dam, went to Grand Canyon, and then uh, finished the trip off in Glendale and went to see the Wild play against the Coyotes, and then fly out of Phoenix, and then we Sky flew Harbor. out of Phoenix. So so you didn't take a damn tour then. Uh, no, Sorry, that was no, Vegas no, 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 don't do that. That was a Vegas vacation Don't do reference. the Hoover Dam tour and don't do a bus tour to the Grand Canyon. It is a <laughs> four and a half hour car ride, oh, uh, God. car ride yeah. to the Grand Canyon. Bus ride, that's got to be five hours. Yeah. Sounds grueling. Just go to the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Go to Vegas and go, we're going to take a day. We're going to go to the Grand Canyon. We'll stay overnight there. And then we can come back, or you can go to Phoenix, which is like three and a half hours mm-hmm. south of the Grand Canyon. Whatever you want to do, do the Grand Canyon right. At least give yourself a day. And I highly recommend Sunrise. Mm, yeah. Sunrise at the Grand Canyon. It was t- turned on to me by one of my coworkers. There was two people that we saw on the paths in the park. And you can just walk up to the rim, and the sunlight hits the, the features of the canyon, and you just see all these different colors, and it's just quiet. Is it like 6 a.m., 5.30? Or? Uh, we had to get up at about 5.45, and it was about a 15-minute walk from our place in the park. But you timed it out well. Yeah. So 
to to kind of change gears a little bit, where do we stand on f- uh, expansion franchises and fandom? Because I, I hate meeting or seeing the guys on Twitter mm-hmm. like I'm a Duke fan and I'm a I'm a Lakers fan and sure. I'm a Cowboys fan and I'm a Yankees fan. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're just kind of a dork. And <laughs> but but expansion teams like the San Jose Sharks came around when we were kids, I yep. think like early '90s. So you could be them, especially with the North Stars on the way out. Yeah. Um, where do we stand on that? Like, are you okay with your your son being like, yeah, I like the Vegas Golden Knights? Or are you like, man, just stick with the Wild? Um, he's a Wild fan first and foremost. He was wearing his Wild gear there. Smart. Um, Smart. But he he did want a a Golden Knights jersey, so we went to the pro shop. Of course, they didn't have a size, so I just ordered him one this morning. Howla? Uh, what's that? Howla? Uh, no, he, he wanted the Flurry jersey. Huh? Is that Mark Andre Flurry? Yeah, yeah, a goalie, goalie, right? Yep. He, he, he loves He's it. a former Penguin, I think. Yeah, yeah. I don't Stanley know Stanley Cup about winner there. Yeah. What did What did he think of like the the pregame? Like the, don't they like oh, shoot God. arrows it, and stuff like that? Th- yeah, they do it better than anybody else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and then going from a Vegas game where they got some, they got the pomp and the circumstance and and the Vegas showmanship and and everything into it, they're projecting stuff on the ice. They got laser drummers up in the stands. Yeah. They got. Uh, you know the cheerleaders everywhere, and it's it's just great. They put uh, Vegas dancing girls behind the opposing glass for the visiting team when they're warming up, just as like a little distraction. Not yeah. on the home side, just the visitor that's, side. That's it, it's great. And then you go to Arizona, uh, one of the most stale arenas I've ever. I heard been it's in the oldest new life. arena. That's how it's described. Like it's relatively new, right? The Coyotes. It, yeah, just I moved think there, I think it's like 15 years old or something yeah. like that. Yeah, super dull. It, it's it's not like the arena's bad. The arena's fine. The sight lines were great. We had good seats. I don't know. The, the fan base is like maybe it's because Arizona doesn't understand hockey or or well, something. It's also like in that. Glendale. They, it's, it's far away. They're trying to they're trying to get into it and stuff like that, and I appreciate it. But there's nothing from the stadium standpoint that would get you like fired up, like. Like the wild at least have the the lighthouse and stuff, and yeah. that thing blares, and you're like, "Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm psyched. Let's go!" And th- there's nothing like that in Phoenix. But but if if you can make hockey work in Tampa Bay, there's no reason it can't work in Glendale, right? Well, they have a good team too. They they have a sneaky good team. They they have more points than the Wild right now. Them with the Coyotes. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's not like they're playing a bad brand of hockey there. It's just yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing to it. That's strange. That's it, really strange. It, it's it it just seems like a, a good uh, a good owner or a good GM or a good president of hockey operations would go in there and go, look, we need to change everything and we make need to make this like an event. But it's not like every have, time somebody not like they comes have 50 out, fifty points in the standings yeah. or anything. They're, no, they're, they're legit. I mean, they're a good team. They're they're right behind Colorado for the last playoff spot. I don't think they'll make it. They won't catch them. But uh, I mean, they're a good team. <laughs> yeah. So now that you're back in motherland yes and the minnesota twins are off to a, a strong four and one start I, I assume you've had to watch them kind of from afar though yeah but have you i guess I, I asked it on twitter today and i'll pull it up here while we're chatting but as far as how they've started how, how many wins do you see them finishing with and how has your view changed i know it's five games and when people people jumped on me when i said this is a good team they're like it's been three games and it was <laughs> against cleveland who's who's not off to a good start and i'm like no, 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 no. I'm looking at the body of talent. This is an offense where you're like, there's maybe one guy you'll ever pinch hit for, and it's Jason Castro. Yeah. Or the, if the, the Adrianza plays. Like, I, I see a team that's pretty well constructed to possibly win this division. 
I, I think that Cleveland's on the downswing and the injuries to both Lindor and Ramirez have made a big difference there. They lost Brantley. Well, Ramirez left to a really slow start. Yeah, the, the, the outfield doesn't look great. So Cleveland was the only other team in the division that really had a chance in my mind. That's even trying yeah, for that that's, matter. That's, ev- that's even really trying. So I like what the Twins have done in the fact that everybody's been on these one- to two-year contracts. They, they kind of were just waiting out Joe Maurer. Let's let's get that contract off the books, and yeah. now let's get the bad contracts out. And now now, Thad and uh, Falvey are looking at you know a, a pretty good little roster that they can be very flexible with. That's the thing I like about it is yeah, even with the extensions to yeah. Kepler and, and and Polanco, yeah, we're we're not stuck with these guys for a long period of time in an albatross of a contract. So like a Pujols or a Cabrera, yeah, we we we're we're not going to be stuck with anybody. So. You got we got Cruz for what two three years? There's a one year deal with an option, right. so he's so, so I mean even that as a 38 year old guy who's hitting, I mean yeah, he's, and, he's out to a good start. Yeah, absolutely. So we have outs everywhere, and and we can be flexible. And I think in the the modern free agency of Major League Baseball, it makes it a better way to go this direction mm-hmm. is build from your youth, see if you can get a couple of guys to hit at one time and patch the holes, and and, and then fill the holes with. Above average talent that you can get at a discount. Buy your own, make yeah. your own drywall, patch it with yeah. the the stuff you get over at Menards, and then so go over there. It, it like guys like Jake Odorizzi and Michael Pineda, like those are fantastic signings in my mind. I'm I'm really excited about what Pineda can do because well, his first start was really good. He's just only four innings, but his upside is through the roof. And he, yeah, he missed all last season because of injury, and yeah, he's thirty, but he's got a lot of upside and. That's a guy that in in fantasy he was a guy that I made sure I targeted at the mm-hmm. at like the late mm-hmm. ends of my drafts because I was like, there's just too much upside and the everybody, cost, every, the cost yeah. risk yeah for me, and I've said this on multiple platforms he does everything you want a pitcher to do yeah it's velo it's strikeouts it's limiting walks it's ground balls and really the only thing is home runs and that with the way that they're coaching pitching and teaching pitching. Mm-hmm. And the fact that some guys make one small tweak and they become someone completely different. You know, Cliff Lee be going from just an average starter to the best starter in the league 10 years ago. Th- there's those kind of tweaks that you wonder, okay, well, what about Kyle Gibson? What was that tweak for him that made him a legitimate big league starter last year? Or are, did they find one with Odorizzi after his first start, which was good? Sure. Are they going to become a team that pitchers who have a year off, like an off year, like Sonny Gray last year, are they going to become a preferred destination like Pittsburgh was with Ray Searidge or yeah. Don Cooper with the White Sox or, or Mel Stottlemyre with the Yankees back God, in the day? God, Searidge really did it Searidge, for so many Liriano years, Liriano especially, uh, and A.J. Burnett was like... A.J. Burnett was that that guy that did everything well, except he just didn't have the, enough command. He went to Pittsburgh. He was just awesome. In, in my fantasy baseball heyday, which was five, six years ago when I was really, really into it, Every time a free agent signed with Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. that was instantly a target on my mind. Especially and, and, low. And, especially yeah, low. L- like like guys who had had blown their arm out or had a, had a Tommy John surgery or something like that coming back or post hype sleepers, those kind of guys. Let's go get them if they end up on Pittsburgh, and it worked out so yeah. often. Well, so a Twins fan who is kind of my sounding board in my DMs. Sure. Reached out and he said, I would never say this publicly. So I'm saying it publicly, but whatever. If people are listening, that's cool. <laughs> he said, though, the, the whole free agency extension thing is coming around at a time that's perfect for the Minnesota Twins, where yeah. 
they might be able to sign a four-year deal for $40 million for Eddie Rosario where he may have not even considered taking that. Or Byron Buxton, if he mm-hmm. has a great year, you give him a seven-year deal for $80 million. These, these are all hypothetical figures. Yeah. But the external pressure of the game and the fact that the Twins had developed a really nice core, and the, that's all kind of convalescing into a, a place where the Twins could still have a reasonable payroll and maybe get a star from the outside if one becomes available now it would be interesting to see a Craig yeah. Kimbrell end up. It, it would, but it, I just don't see it. I, I don't see it happening right that, now. That blows up that that flexibility for a closer. I just don't see it. Sure, but man, he's still sitting out there. Yeah. And if if the Twins said, "Hey, sixteen million this year," I, I think see, you, I, I think you got to meet the qualifying offer, which is eighteen. No, okay. it's it's the the term is the the concern. Sure. Sure. He wants with, four with years, him and right? because Keiko could do some of yeah. the rotation as well. I think Keiko would be fine too. Yeah. But I, I it, the the worry about his velocity is a little strange to me because like his average exit angle last year was like one of the best, which sure. means grounders, grounders, grounders. But he's never been a velo guy. Yeah, you know, it's it's not like he needs to be a velo guy. Yeah, so Kimbrough thirty, Keiko thirty one. I mean, yeah, you, not, you assi- those aren't the ages where like those. Those are the years or the ages to me that are getting the most. I don't, I don't want to be crass, but screwed. Because well, because no one wants a player at thirty three. I think we just see it. It's I like thought thirty five was my tipping point, but or at least you don't want to go too. No, far I think teams are thinking of thirty three, thirty two, where they'll be like, yeah, we'll give you a one year deal, or you got well like, on, on the arms especially. If yeah. you, can, you can find hitters that uh, that can hit late in their career. Gold, Nelson Gold Cruz Schmidt right there got a five year deal. Yeah, although you, that was pretty. Or manageable. you find platoons, you know, yeah, uh, Stephen Pierce, uh, Steve Pierce, who can rip lefties. Yeah, and you piece them together with a guy like you know Jock Jones back in the day who couldn't hit lefties. <laughs> <laughs> that that yeah, that for Pujols three, is a weird one where he was a hitter that should have been able to hit. Well, and he was in his thirties and first baseman. Two, when you look at the bad contracts, and mm-hmm. somebody made this point on Twitter, some of the worst contracts we've seen handed out in the last decade went to first baseman, and now we're looking at it like, yeah, you know, first base. First of all, not that valuable because defense is is not really a premium, so mm-hmm. you really have to mash. But the Ryan Howard deal, the Albert Pujols deal, absolutely, and the Miguel Cabrera deal. I mean, those are three that jump to mind immediately, and I'm sure I could... Uh, Chris Davis is maybe yeah. the worst of them all. I, I mean, if they let him play every day this year, he might hit 160. Well, and, and if you look at it, first base is probably, from a fantasy perspective, at its lowest point maybe it's ever been. Yeah. Like, the the, the hitting at first base has just been depressed. But and if you don't get a Goldschmidt, you can settle for a Justin Smoke 10 rounds later, 15 rounds later. But every player that's coming up in the minors right now, all these prospects, the best hitters are all shortstop, or third base because they've all played on the left side of the infield right. and they got an arm, or they switch them to a corner outfield position. So their athleticism, a- though, is athleticism is the big thing that's coming up, and the the big, tall, lumbering, six foot seven, Kenny, two fifty guy. You can just say guy. Kenny Vargas. That's fewer yeah. words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Rowdy Telez for the Blue Jays, for instance, is like cut from that same mold. Those guys aren't making the majors and sticking at first base anymore they're they're, they're playing in they're, the futures game and they're peaking there well and they're also becoming a dh and there's not as much value in the dh position because right. people really like to flex around their positional yeah marwin gonzalez exactly. at dh or someone like uh, or you or you yeah. take a guy like miguel sano who might not be the best with the glove but it has a good stick when it's ready get just ready tell, to go yeah, just tell him hey think about hitting that's just, it we we were stuck with him at a position on the field with Maurer and with, with some of the other guys. Yeah. And now when he comes back, I mean, Nelson Cruz probably isn't going into the outfield, but on the days where Nelson's going to take a day off, 
we can certainly put Sano at or DH. he can play first with yeah. Crone, who's not exactly indispensable. Absolutely. Though his defense has has shine over there. So what people I, I asked, we've got about four hundred and twenty votes at the start of the season, or now that we're after the start of the season. Where do you think the Twins finish? And then a bonus question was, how has your perception changed? So zero percent are saying under seventy wins. It's 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 actually uh, probably three votes, so or two votes, so it's rounding to less than one percent. Six percent, seventy to seventy nine. Twenty five percent say over ninety. You know what that leaves for eighty to eighty nine? Sixty nine percent. Nice. I'm serious. I, I wish I was kidding. That's amazing. So. One, I mean, 80 wins is under 500, but we can safely say that like 94% of Twins fans think they're going to finish over 500, roughly, 90, whatever. I think the Vegas over-under on them was 84. 84 and a half or 83 and a half, yeah. Right around. Which I would have taken the over. I wrote 86 for the site last week. 84 and a half, I think. Yeah, Yeah, I think you're right. And so... You would have been on the over, though. You think I I, I put them at about ninety right now. I uh, think I would too. I think I, I think I bumped I, my eighty six to ninety. And that's I, with the division being bad. Uh, yeah, that's with the division being bad, and I think that wins the division. The bet. Oh, for sure. Here's yeah, the other yeah. thing too. The rest of so when I pieced it together, you figure the Twins will play. Was it nineteen times against the White Sox, Tigers, Royals? Sure. They'll play six times against the Blue Jays, starting next week on the next homestand, I believe. They'll play six games against the Orioles, who are just dreadful. Mm -hmm. Six games against the Mariners, who don't really know what they are. Mm -hmm. Six games against the Angels, who have really struggled. We'll talk about them in our buy and sell. Yep. And then six games against the Rangers, who do not look very good. And then you you throw (laughs) in the... There's never been more teams tanking in a single season. And then you throw in interleague. There's a chance the Twins are going to play 100 games against non-competitive teams this year. And last year, who do you... You know who led baseball in wins against teams under 500? Was it the Minnesota Twins? It was the Cleveland Indians. Oh, okay. They oh, had yeah. you had the stat. They had story. what? They win ninety-one games last year, and sixty-eight of them yeah, were against sub five hundred right. teams. I mean, it's it's kind of predictable that they didn't go anywhere in the postseason because they hadn't been battle tested. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know that that's a strong or particularly. You, you only get to theory. play the schedule you're given, right? And so, so I mean, it is. But what it if is. we if we have a hundred games against teams that are significantly tanking, and let's say that a good team. And I think this is a good team, can win 75% of those. I was going to say 65, but I think you're right. Yeah. So let's say 70. So you get, you get 70 wins right there. You still only have to win another 20 games so in of the remaining in 60. In those last 60, yeah. you got to go 333 for a winning percentage. That's I, not I hard. I really think that's that's totally doable. Yeah. And so for me, the, the, the early perception has been this is a good ball team. Uh, Tom? do you? I was going to ask about the Royal Series. I think people are fixated obviously on the Indians because that's probably the barometer that you set. Yep. That's the one team that's supposed to win the division even though they shed payroll so yeah. oh, the yeah. worst team, mm-hmm. right? The Royals Brios was throwing on regular rest, right? I mean he was He just he looked off. Yeah, he looked off. And to be fair, got through the game, like didn't kind of panic and I, have it I all think come they would have lost both those games last year, by the way. What was the temperature? Uh, probably uh, probably in the fifties. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't bad. Yeah. But they kept Gibson on regular rest, or Barrios rather. Gibson, they made his coming first off of E. coli. Yeah, like, <laughs> and he was, he was yeah. wobbly. He got yep. way too. He cute. had a vacation in Haiti, and I believe it's actually a vacation. It wasn't like a service trip or something. I thought it was a service trip with okay. Zach Duke and those guys, but okay. I could be wrong. But th- they wanted to keep Gibson on regular rest. They, he got way too cute with Billy Hamilton, though. He got yeah. he went change up, curveball, change up to get ahead one two. Mm-hmm. He threw one fastball in the entire bat and walked Billy Hamilton with two outs in an inning. And it's like, just throw them fastballs. Let, 
first of all, you're up by, I think it was 3-1 at the time. Yeah. So if he paces one for a homer, you're still up by a run. And the odds of that happening, he's like a two or three home run a year. <laughs> Billy guy. Hamilton, yeah, he's yeah. not getting that. I just thought they got two keepers. Maybe though. inside the Parker. Well, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> no. I think you're right. And then there was there should have been an out at one point there. Maybe yeah, next I think Adrianza screwed something yeah, up. Yeah, and and it, the the issue I have with Gibson is I was he's built like a pitcher, right? Sure. It seems like he has enough stuff to be a good pitcher. I you know I go back and forth. Is it coaching or is it just him mentally that he, he nibbles can't finish, sometimes? Yeah, yeah, that he can't finish an inning because. That looked like the old Gibson that can't get through that third out. And it's, it's strange because yeah. he, he had such success last year and was yeah. such a solid pitcher. So, number three yeah. is kind of what I thought. And, yeah. and that that's what we need Gibson to be. Yep. Should we buy into the or should we dive into the buy and sells? I just, I just we'll buy. The, I'll buy into it. I too. just put the card. I'm playing <laughs> poker here and I just showed you my hand. Oh, but okay. We'll dive into some buy and sells. Tampa Bay has opened the season five and two. I actually have the game notes this weekend. They are facing San Francisco, so it's going to be Evan Longoria facing the last MLB team he's never faced. Ironically enough, mm-hmm. it's the team he's a franchise leader in offensive categories for everybody. Sure. Five and two, though. And again, keep in mind, this is not are you buying and selling that they're going to win five of every seven games the rest of the way. But right now they are leading the AL East. Do you buy the fact that they could win the AL East or at least be in contention for a playoff spot come mid-September? In in contention for a playoff spot because most of the teams that are actually trying will be in contention for I a mean, wild card they're probably spot. The Twins' chief competition if they don't win the division for that second wild card after yeah. Boston or New York. Boston and New York are one of those two teams is going to win the division. Right. I think I think you that think goes so. without saying. Um, but but the Rays have built something over the past few years where they're just pesky and in mm-hmm. it. Uh, they're they're kind of the piranhas style. Twins back in the day. I think of them as Oakland East, and I think of Oakland as yeah, Tampa West. a little bit. And, and and I think that's something that that the Twins saw in Tampa, and that's why Rocco Baldelli's here mm. uh, at, as a guy who's who's basically been a part of that firsthand. It'd uh, be interesting to see if uh, they were to match up in one of those wild card games, Baldelli versus Baldelli his old Bowl. club. Yeah, there, yeah. there we go. So uh, I, I, brief, I, by brief aside, the Twins have taken talent – front office talent from some very good organizations. Yeah, uh, Texas, so, Cleveland. Uh, uh, L.A. Yeah. is their scouting director, and he probably would have gotten the job if they knew that Gabe Kapler was leaving to go manage the Phillies. I think part of building a, a good internal system is find teams that have good ideas and steal their people. Sure. Give them a little extra cash. It was like the Cardinals and the Astros a few years ago that landed well, some people in jail. Fa- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, famously, Billy Bean, right, was offered... Yeah. Boston. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Boston tried to. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So I think we're buying the Rays as a contender, but not necessarily as a team that's going to win that division. Absolutely. I think that's fair. Seven and one Seattle Mariners who tore, uh, broke off and tore all their pieces, threw them into a pot. They still have, I mean, Omar Narvaez is our starting catcher. Jay Bruce is playing first base. It's a weird team. Tim Beckham's hitting the cover off the ball. We'll talk about him in a minute. I'm selling them, but it's not because they were rebuilding. I just think that. Too much of what's happening now is at the expense of Astros and A's teams off to kind of a scuffling start, and I yep. think they're both going to pick up the steam here very quickly. That's kind of a bad division, too, though. I was going to ask about it. So you think it'd be Astros for sure would win it, right? Mm-hmm. As of and, now. And then A's is the second best team? Yes. It's 190-some, right? And I look, I look at this, uh, this lineup that Seattle's got with, I don't mind any of their outfielders, with Hanniger, Smith, uh, Malik Smith and Domingo. Malik's is, is a fun player. Yeah. Um, 
Right. There's a huge Florida chain, which is where he's from. I, yeah, I love it. Uh, uh, Tim Tim Beckham is a former number one overall. D. Gordon still got speed. Jay Bruce isn't who he used to be, but uh, none of us ha- are. Has some power, mm-hmm. uh, and you know their oh, pitching staff is fun. I like. Yeah, the, I like Yusei Kikuchi. I think it, he's gonna be a fun pitcher. It's not. It's not terrible. So I I I don't foresee them just falling off a cliff, but they're probably going to be a team that hovers around 500 most of the year. Or something. Yep, right They'll basically there. do what Cincinnati made a million moves to do this offseason to do, <laughs> which is, Gosh. is pretty disappointing. But isn't DePoto was constantly that, like, tinker, 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 and it seemed like they never... He's like a shrew. He has to eat every three I mean, hours. I'm just going through when... This is since 14. They've had 87 wins, 76, 86, 78, 89. It seems like... They're an 81 and, win and team. There's a pattern. Okay. And yeah. their pattern. team was definitely in sell mode this offseason with, with some of the trades they made. They like, definitely tried to get younger. They got right? very lucky last year, too. 89 is a very deceptive number. I oh, think. yeah, because of the Pythagorean. But here's the other thing they didn't tank as good as everyone else. Mm-hmm. Like, I think part of what they're doing is a function of the rest of the league. It, it it wasn't it wasn't as much of a rebuild for them as I think it was. Let's get younger and kind of reload and and try to do it on the fly. Shuffling so. deck chairs, but buying new ones. Yeah, yeah. we, we yeah. talked about the wild. It seems like they're making their like Fiala Donato moves. Kind That's of exactly what bit, the yeah. wild are trying to do. Unfortunately, we got some really <laughs> hefty contracts Victor that Rask. we have to deal yeah, with. Yeah, Eesh, yeah. But, but but you get the idea is that yeah. they're trying to they're not trying to completely implode. They're trying to like tinker and fix just a yep. little more dramatically. How yeah. about the how about the five and one New York Mets? I'm buying the Mets because they're pitching. Because they're pitching, they're important part. They're who Cleveland wants to be. Yeah, and definitely the the pitching staff is is super awesome. When you when you can start with Degrom and and have Noah Syndergaard as your second best pitcher, mm-hmm. I mean you're in pretty good shape just to start there. And then Diaz bringing up the heat in the back end. It's I, I like their bullpen too with mm-hmm. Familia, who is a former like top closer in in the league. I wanted the it, Twins to go after him. I thought he would have been a really just, good target. Just a setup guy. Yep. Um, he's great. And then I like the addition of Robinson Cano as kind of a leader there. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't look like they're going to have Suspedes for most, if not all, of the year. But Conforto is a good player. Uh, Nimmo is a good player. He's off to a slow start, but yep. I think he's a good player. Ligaris is a good defender, which you know you need those two. Uh, Pete Alonzo was mashing Ooh. in the minors last year. And they literally said, we'll bring the best 25 up, and they they stuck to that promise, which I, I enjoy. Yeah, and so it's a good little team. Um, they they could they could make some noise here. Uh, Ahmed, Ahmed Rosario is another guy who... Two years ago, we all thought he was going to be, you know, the Pete Alonso, the, the, the next Xander Bogarts kind right. of a thing. Hasn't worked out so far, but uh, decent little year. But I like the post hype sleepers, like Orlando Arcia. I know that yep. the Justin is going to appreciate that. But I, 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 I <laughs> he's off to a tough start. But I will always bet on that talent. Sure. And so for me, there's a reason you were drafted that highly, and you have that talent, and it didn't go away. Yeah, it, no, you just, just got to harness it. How about the six and one Brewers? I know Justin's going to want us to say bye on that, and I, I don't see any reason not to. It does hurt though that their bullpen is going to be short of Knebel, and they haven't had Jeffers yet. Yep. But I think Craig Council's a good manager. I think their offense is going to just mash, and they had enough pieces lying around that they could move Keon Broxton. Speaking of Mets mm-hmm. and Domingo Santana, who you know is is now a um, Mariner, yep. so I think they had the pieces lying around that they could do some different things, and I think that shows just how deep their offense is. I think Lorenzo Cain might be one of the most understated, underrated players in the game. Yeah, just from an overall standpoint, that dude is awesome in the field. Uh, robbed the home run to to save the game for them uh, the other day. Yeah, opening day, I think. Yeah, opening day. Um, 
what an underrated move Mike Mustakis was as an addition, though. He seems like a perfect Wisconsin guy, by the way. Yeah. A, a, a guy with the name Moose <laughs> who's just hitting dingers. Unless uh, he was going to play for Toronto and be the Moose, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, playing second base, though, I mean, it's, it's, it's it almost feels like if I lost 20 pounds and then played second base for the, the Brewers, that would be a, a weird dynamic. But he's a big dude. You could try. He's a strapping lad. <laughs> it's all yours, man. He's a strapping lad. Let's just say that. And I, I, I think, though, the, I don't like the idea that there are winning players because I think it's kind of a, a way that people just kind of justify calling a player who isn't that great better than they are. Mm-hmm. But I also do think there's a reason why Mike Moustakis shows up on teams that win ball games. And I think Absolutely. It's, he's, he's, like, he's got that backbone, like that Michael Kadire backbone perso- so, persona to him. Well, the intangibles. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think there's something there. The four and three San Diego Padres. I think the Padres are fascinating. Yeah, I think the Dodgers are the team to beat out there. But you know, they're the, they always have these weird identity crises. They could win ninety two games and the fans would lose their minds because they should have won one hundred and two. But I like San Diego a lot. I like the fact that they brought up Tatis. I like the fact that they signed Machado. I think they've got some interesting pitching in Joey Lucchese, Lucchese, Lucchese. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a few other guys. I, I really like Matt Strom, West Fargo native Matt Strom. They've got some fun pieces. And four and three is not like we're asking about a seven and one start. This is can they keep their heads above water? You know, the NL West, it seems like every year we get to the last week or two of the season. Yeah. And there's three or four teams in contention for either. And one of them is a complete surprise. Yeah. One of them. Diamondbacks like, or Rockies, usually. Yeah, why are you here? Um, the it pod, is a wild, the, wild west, though. I mean, yeah. I'd like to steal the. Obviously, overused phrase. The the Padres have been that fifth team in that division for yeah, a long the, time. The safe, the safe number five. And I think that's Arizona this year, who's really oh, they can't get out of their own way with Souza and yeah. And now Jake Lamb has a quad. I mean, they can't get out of their yeah, own way. Absolutely. And from a fantasy standpoint, they they get that Carson Kelly kid from St. Louis, who's supposed to be a great catcher, and then they're they got John Ryan Murphy hitting in front of him, and like just. We know John Ryan Murphy. He's, he's one we of do. us. We yeah. do. Um, no, but but sa- back to San Diego. Um, they're the team that should be in the market for Keuchel. And it's, I would it's, love it surprises that. me that they're not because that's the one team that if you look at this pitching staff, it, it's a bunch of names that are like, oh, those are nice. But like, I think every guy on this team is like a third starting pitcher Yeah, but it's on like, a good roster. You could do, is this a Padres starter? Or a restaurant that you could find on on San Diego's downtown. <laughs> Lauer, Lucchese. Oh, I, Padak, I, I had Lucchese in the gas lamp, lamp quarter. Yeah, that See, was definitely really good. Paddock sounds like a fish. <laughs> Strom, absolutely. I, but I think though, I think that each of those guys, with the exception of Strom, had a really rough first start. But I think that Keuchel galvanizes that bunch. I think they've got some young pitchers too. Um, you know, they've got. A they, few guys that are hurt. That they have a handful of guys that are in double A AA and triple A. Uh, pretty good blue chip players. They built a really good well, minor Padak, league program. Who, who thought he was going to be in the big leagues this year? Yeah, but those guys like Cal Quantrill's down there, and there's yep. a handful of other ones. And that, to me, signifies that if the Padres, who've already gone all in on Manny Machado, yeah. if they're sitting near that trade deadline in July and they're sitting a couple games above 500. They're going to be the ones who are going to be buyers at the deadline and move a couple of chips. Well, especially with all those to, pieces, yeah. To get a couple of those starting pitchers on some of the teams that just aren't going to make it. The Twins at 4-1. and one. I think we all know that we've kind of discussed this, but yeah. I'm buying. I said they're going to win 90 games, so. Yeah. Just before we leave the NL, the East and the Central certainly are what make the 
the, <laughs> the National League exciting. We already talked about how bad the AL is going to be. Yeah, sure. kind yeah. of we, it's almost like predetermined outcomes. The Twins mm-hmm. being a weird variable, actually. Yep. Um, how do you guys see that shaking out early? I mean, I know it's With the NL. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned the Mets. I would have thought yeah. like Phillies just signed Harper. Braves had a good season last year. I think the Wa- NL is Washington's be... not a bad team. Yeah, either. Washington yeah. surprised me that they were an 82 win team with Harper. I thought they'd be bad. Well, on the outfield, per- the outfield of Robles, Soto, and Eaton. I mean, it's not a bad outfield. You still. you could you yeah. could justify bringing Harper back as a first baseman. That's how good that outfield is. Yeah, and and even if Eaton goes down, which Eaton will go down. Yeah, and Michael Taylor's there, and Michael Taylor's maybe been... the best fourth outfielder in yeah, the game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, he just produces when he's in the game. But so. to not steal Tom's point, that East is very compelling, the top four, and then the Marlins are the Marlins. But I think you could very easily have three playoff teams there, and but you could also very easily have three uh, from and, the Central. And, because and, and Milwaukee and the Cubs are going to be talking all year. Well, the Cubs so have, what, ten errors already? Mm. The, like they are, they, but yeah. the Twins could win 90 games and win the Central and the yeah, NL yeah, yeah. side. The NL is going to have two 90-win teams maybe not make it. The Pirates fans. That's true. I, it, we're, we're probably going to see four teams mathematically eliminated at the beginning of September in the NL. And yeah. every, everybody uh, else well, is going to be really Mi- alive. Miami at the All-Star break? Yeah. Miami at the All-Star break, the Giants, maybe the, the Diamondbacks. And uh, Pirates, maybe. Pirates or Cincy. Man, we'll since, he did, since he did a lot of yeah. shape-shifting to not really do much. <laughs> All right, individual players. Cody Bellinger leads baseball with five homers. I think this kid's awesome. I think he – I have to look at his numbers, but I, I think he took a slight step back last year after all the hype of his rookie year. But honestly, I mean, what's not to buy with that kind of talent? You said it. What's not to buy? I mean, he's he was a top prospect for two or three years before he got mm-hmm. here. His arrival – wasn't the best, I would say, but since then he's he's been just rock solid. Uh, Grand Slam earlier this week. I think I think the Twins should do with him what with Kepler what the Dodgers do with him, Bellinger, in terms of center field, right field, first base, just kind of that swinging pendulum where you might have Cave play right one day and bring Kepler in to play first on a day where it's a tough righty and okay. you want Crone to sit. The versatility of this Twins team, especially when Sano gets healthy and you've got Gonzalez and Astadio on the bench, mm-hmm. you, you'll have days where all these guys can play all over, and there's going to be no reason not to have you know, a bit of a hot hand thing, a bit of a matchup thing. I really think, though, that if they can move Kepler around a little bit, it, it also allows them to think about bringing up Kirilov eventually this year. There's some options. Man, I, I, I don't see the Twins bringing up Kirilov this year. I think he can force their hand. I think he can... Maybe, but because uh, he's going to be a Pensacola, I mean, he's he's the kind of hitter that will skip AAA if he's doing well enough. Yeah, could be, but it's, I, I would say we, it's like ten percent. We've seen this this duo want to keep service time off of these guys. Yeah, specifically with Buxton last year. Although that was after a year they probably wanted like a race. You yeah. know, I mean, it wasn't like a good year. <laughs> sure, and uh, frankly, like, his mindset now is is one of hunger. Of yeah chip on his shoulder. I'm not saying that mean, that justifies the, the means justifies the end or the end justifies the means, but yeah. I mean the something. only reason why you why it's on the table he's 21. Sure. So there's some thought that yeah, age 21 he sees the majors. He ends up really having But if he's got year. a 1000 OPS in Pensacola through 85 games, <laughs> you got to think long and hard about it, don't you? I mean, you maybe you maybe even flip CJ Crone and just say, "Listen, kid, first base is yours." Have have when was the last Twins player who skipped Triple A though? 
Uh, Aaron Hicks. <laughs> Buxton didn't work out. I mean, it's Buxton, Sano Hicks, all those guys. Yeah, it, it's just. Kirloff is a different cat, though. He, he, yeah. he graduated from high school with a degree in baseball. He was homeschooled so he could hit. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like that hockey school down in uh, Chaska. Yeah, isn't that, uh, I was going to say Farragut Academy. I was going to say Sh- Shattuck. Shattuck. Yeah. Sh- Shattuck's a hockey school down in Faribault, but yeah. uh, they, they put in a high school in uh, oh, the really? Chaska, Victoria area huh. this last year called Breakaway Academy. It's literally just a hockey school. That also yeah. sounds like a flatulence yeah. joke. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it seems it seems it'd be rushed. As I think it's 10%. Player percent. I think yeah, it's yeah, 10% yeah. chance. It's not high. Sure. But if, if they need a shot in the arm... And maybe they want to flip CJ Crone for something. I'm just saying it could happen. Yeah, I mean that's that's the way you do it. Is you you flip Crone for a bullpen arm, and yeah, that's someone, that's when you're bringing him up, right? And it's probably like an Addison Reed type, you know, a, a guy who's a little bit older, a little more mm-hmm. established, but you know, not somebody who's going to take a ton of money. Sure. Um, Tim Beckham has three homers and has just been tearing the cover off the ball. We've seen this before with Baltimore. We didn't see it much with Tampa. He was the number one overall pick, probably almost ten years ago now. I'm not buying it. At all. But he's 29, so it's not impossible that he's maybe made a few tweaks. I just I think it's too short of a sample to really get too excited. We're looking at Tim Beckham and had those two really great games in uh, Japan. Yep. Then uh, first game back on, on the mainland, he, he hits two home runs against Boston. And then since then, it's been one for four, one for three, one for four, one for three. That's all right. Not a lot of counting stats after those first three games, though. Right, so, right. Um, I mean, he's Tim Beckham. He's in fantasy. He's he's the middle infielder or corner infielder because he qualifies at both that you have on your bench and in in a pinch when Scooter Jeanette gets hurt, he oh, he slides in too to soon. A, yeah, exactly. Too so soon. he was drafted first overall. This I assume is a raised saving money pick. Do we? Know? I can't remember. Yeah, he was he was pretty well regarded. I okay. think he took Matt Bush very early too, and he. Rode over someone's head with his motorcycle, which yeah. uh, although he's he was back in the majors, yeah, with the with the Rangers as a yeah. reliever, not yeah, a shortstop. Yeah, 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 yeah. Colton Wong off to a strong start for St. Louis. Get a maybe a look from Justin about you know um, the Cardinals and being the Brewers. Trash. At least it's not a Cub. He said trash, but at least it's not a Cub. <laughs> I, I like Colton Wong, a former Twins draft pick, just didn't sign. Uh, kind of like uh, George Springer. I, I'm buying. I, I mean, he's not going to hit 470 all season long, but I'm buying him as a guy who could have a breakout season. Well, and he was a guy who just, I think we expected him to have a good season last year and just kind of fell off the map last yeah. year. Three homers already, though. I mean, that's he's not a big guy. Well, that's, he's got a third of the home runs he had last year. Little Eduardo Escobar. So I'm buying. Are you buying? Um. From a statistical standpoint, he hasn't stolen the bases that he needed to in the past. Uh, he could be a good average hitter, but he doesn't add a lot in counting stats. There's not a ton in, uh, in well, the stolen Well, and regression is going to be pretty hard, so maybe he is already yeah, done his he's, best days he's, behind him. He'll turn 29 at the end of the season this year. That's so. older than people will think, too. Yeah, so I, I'll, pr- I'll, probably, I'll probably sell on Colton Wong right now. One of the few reasons to watch the Baltimore Orioles this year is Trey Mancini. I believe he's playing left field for them on a regular basis. Yeah. Sitting 417 with a 400 on base percentage. Very difficult to have a higher average than on base, but sacrifice flies. So that means he has not walked this year. Neither has Adam Jones, former teammate, which is kind of funny. He's off to a good start, too. <laughs> That's very Adam Jones. But Trey Mancini is one of the few reasons to watch the Orioles this year. Are you buying or selling? 
Uh, I think I'm buying because he's uh, he's 27, so he's a little bit older than some people might think. He just busted into the league in uh, late 2016 and then ha- had a couple of good games in, at the very tail end of the season for Baltimore and then had a great real rookie year in 2017. Right, right. Thir- third place right yeah. of the year. Yeah, I think you're right. Fell off a little bit last year, but basically everything in Baltimore fell off the the wheels <laughs> fell off fell apart the, fell. The, the feathers came off the wings it was Oof. it was weird um <laughs> it was no it was like <laughs> no, no no i know they were bad <laughs> so, i just that that image like i think of the little bird without the wings on the hat and just be like <laughs> what a weird <laughs> speaking of which there's a twitter handle um of a guy he his name is uh i forget his name michael danger i think he goes by on twitter <laughs> Um, that sounds like uh, Michael Schur. But, sure. but he, I, I, Ken, I gotta, Ken Tremendous. Is I, got, I gotta look up. It's uh, other birds as the Baltimore Orioles logo. <laughs> oh, and he that desi- sounds awesome. He designed every oh, bird God. in North America and then oh. some as the Baltimore Orioles logo. Like and big it's, bird? Uh, it's Donald called Duck. at Smiling Smiling Bird logo. You should definitely give it a follow. Yeah. But yeah, he he he's just created all these birds like. He created a, a, a loon, a, a duck, a, uh, a pelican, and then like the Oakland A's elephant as a, the, as a Baltimore Oriole. It's oh, it's fantastic. Awesome. So the next guy I got is one that I think we all kind of want to buy, Yoan Moncada, who I think looks a lot like Robinson Cano at the plate right now. Uh, well, that's kind of what his uh, his comps were coming up. Yeah. Uh, he in, hit a in homer in Cleveland yesterday. And somebody on Twitter said, who do you see here? And I immediately said Robinson Cano because he had the follow-through where it was – I don't know how you – how do you describe a player's follow-through when it's that distinct? But Cano's got that sweet swing. It's not like a Griffey swing, though. It's, 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 it's still a left-handed swing through and through, though. Like, the lefties have the prettier swings. And, man, Moncada just unloaded on one off Kluber in the first inning. I think it was yesterday. Whew, it looked exactly like Cano. So, and remember, Mankata was like the big piece in the Chris Sale trade, right? Mankata, Kopik, and there's one other piece. I don't remember who it was. He, so, he's super young still. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he turns, turns 24 in May. Okay, I was going to say 22, 23. So, yeah, we're still so on that. He, he's super young. He, he, had a, he had a rough year last year as his first full year in the bigs. Right. But that doesn't scare me. He was on a terrible White Sox team last year. He's going to emerge as one of those leaders along with Eloy, and they got a couple of good bats coming up do you, there. Do you resign Abreu if you're them? No. I think you you don't think so. Not no. Not. I I think I think that he's a a, a trade, trade deadline guy. Yeah. And and yeah, I, maybe for the Twins if they if Crone's not hitting. I mean, if you if you have a first baseman need that that's a that's a guy who could uh, really bump up a team going into. the He also might be too. the only first baseman free agent. I'm not saying the only good one. I'm saying the only one. Well, Logan Morrison will probably still be a free agent. <laughs> Lomo. But Matt Boyd, 13 strikeouts last night, 10 in his first start. He's got 23. I've been big on this guy. Swinging strikes yesterday, 22 on 98 pitches. Jeez. That's off the charts. Through two starts, 37 swinging strikes on 183 pitches. That's a 20% swinging strike rate. That's Clayton Kershaw territory. Are you buying or are you selling Matt Boyd? This is the same Matt Boyd. Man, where'd this guy come from? The David Price trade. <laughs> this is what Daniel Norris is supposed to be doing. Right? Right? Yeah, exactly. He's just the he's Except like the, he's living in a van going around the country, right? Literal <laughs> van down by the river. Yeah. Like he's he's Matt Foley, the Chris Farley character, but in real life. 
maybe not as big and you know slovenly, but everything yeah. else. Well, he probably has a surfboard on top of his Volkswagen bread van. I would too. guess so. But so yeah. I, I like Boyd. I think he's gonna have a really nice year. He's obviously not, you know, the second coming of Fernando Valenzuela, but I think he's gonna be a solid pitcher and, and obviously Detroit is is screaming for those because they're giving the ball every fifth day to guys like Jordan Zimmerman and Matt Moore. Just think that Detroit was sitting there with Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander and didn't win a title. Yeah, well and Porcello too, wasn't it? Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> well, he said that we're at an hour. We're, we're, we're rolling through our buyer sales. I thought he was like, uh, he's like, oh, my God. I yeah, thought, yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. it was terrible. I, wow. <laughs> yeah, no. no, that's what I thought happened. <laughs> Sandy Alcantara, as much as I think we're reticent to buy anybody who plays for the Marlins. Top prospect uh, over the last couple of years. Yeah, I came over in the trade for the outfielder, Azuna. Yeah, Um Really looked good in the first game in the, in the battle of the class of what was that class of ninety four, Miami Colorado, ninety three ninety three Charlie Huff pitched in the first game born in nineteen forty eight forty seven, I mean that was a guy who was in his like Charlie almost, Huff older almost than my dad knuckle belt oh I, I think that was his nickname <laughs> yeah among other teammates it, older than my dad <laughs> yeah that's probably if they, had, correct. if they had a players weekend back in nineteen ninety three it would have said older than my dad absolutely. Uh, Alcan- not, but. Alcantara, he, I mean, he looks like he's... He looks like the real deal, but the problem is with young pitchers, it's such a small sample that we see so far. The stuff is there, and yeah. I think that's where you have to be encouraged. Yeah, a- April's April's always interesting. You get people who get way over the top on a pitcher here and there. Um, from a fantasy perspective, you're not going to try to buy him right now. Right, you're trying to sell him probably. You try to sell him right now because, I mean, this, this could be the peak. Yep. Yeah. Uh, when I when I look at from a fantasy perspective, especially on these these players and and uh, coworker Christian Peterson and I talk about this a lot, maybe the best time for you to sell a player in a dynasty baseball league is the minute he gets called up, or if he gets called up and has that first awesome game. It's like an unscratched lot of uh, ju- It's just like, here you go. This 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 is this, is, this guy's gonna just ride forever it's an unscratched lotto ticket versus yeah. a half scratched one versus one that's all the way scratched and you're gonna have to pay market value absolutely so last one for the fast starts and then we'll, we'll blow blow through the slow ones but uh jose barrios i still think it's a fast so start because legit of, because of how good he was in the first start i mean he he was legit all last year too and 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 there were signs in in 2017 as well so i i think that barrios is getting close to that yeah. uh he should be an all-star He's this a year. 1.5 starter for me right now. He's not quite a one, not quite an ace, not quite a, one of those top 10 in the AL guys, but he's... If we're, if we're naming a Twins all-star right now for the all-star break Williams this Estadio. year... Is that the guy? No. <laughs> People want to know I, 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 I saw, by the way, that Mike Trout in his first 100 at-bats, 22 hits, Estadio, 39. Joe Maurer, 32. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's so it Joe Mauer. can be said that uh, Estadio is almost twice as good as Mike Trout. Well, in the beginning of the show is the this podcast is presented in front of a live Estadio audience. Mm. So hopefully people enjoy that. I don't know. What do you think of Barrios before we go to the slow guys and then we'll? Yeah, I, think, uh, I think he's for real. <laughs> I, I think I'm, it, really the unfortunate thing. Yikes! Is the, who's the four guys behind him, or how well do they hold up behind him? Let's hope so. Let's yeah. hope it works. Yeah. Slow starts. Yankees two and four. Are you worried because they are getting everybody hurt, and you cannot afford to get buried in the East? Yeah, I, as a guy who's sitting with uh, Giancarlo Stanton, Troy Tulowitzki, and Miguel Andahar on one roster, Woof. they're all on my eye. Call you right Cashman, now. man. Um, and the, I have Luke Voigt as well, who just got dinged up the other day. 
playing through it. Yeah, uh, they want Greg Boyd to ma- or Greg Bird maybe to play third. Greg Boyd, I sound like a Greg Boyd, you know, um, <laughs> like a cartoon character. They they might want certainly certainly a Greg Boyd playing third base, like he might end up playing some third base. That's crazy to me. And also, he's like the modern day Nick. Johnson, who's always hurt. Sure. And for a while there, the only healthy Yankees were James Paxton, Greg Boyd, and I'm just going to say Boyd. I'm just le- I'm leaning into it. And um, and Troy Tulowitzki, and then Tulo got hurt. Uh, of course, Tulo got hurt. That's what Tulo does. That's what Tulo's been doing for years. It's like, how many games is Tulo going to miss? Your estimate is too low. That's true. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, uh, but the I think the Yankees, I'm, I'm buying that they're in trouble. Uh, I know it's early, but I think that their roster construction. And the fact that and CC's hurt, you know, he did a suspension. Now he's on the IL. They have, uh, they've got problems. They have so many weapons on. If that only team, there'd been some good players available this off season that signed deals that the Yankees could have afforded. Uh, Aaron Hicks is hurt too. I, I I really like Glaber a lot. I think that he's going to no. he's going to be a Yon Mancata light. I still can't believe they got him for Chapman. Yeah, I that can't. was that's wild. Um, DJ LeMay, he was an underrated add to that team. Uh, he's got some positional flexibility. Colorado too. Uh, and Judge, I mean, Aaron Judge is still in that lineup, and Judge could still hit 50 home runs this might year. Might have to. So uh, it, it might be all on him right now. Angels 1-5. How worried are you? I mean, the Angels are going to be this for the remainder of Mike Trout's career. They're all, I think their best bet is to get a healthy Otani and then to have... Uh, the the kid, um, the one that was drafted right behind Royce Lewis, I can, I can see him. I can see <laughs> his. He, I forget he's, it. He's, I, I'm, looking, I'm looking him up. Keep going. Joe Adele. Oh, there That's we go. Yep, yeah, Adele. If those three Dude, guys, you're getting Adele. Yeah, right. If those three guys all click, you could do a stars and scrubs thing, and and maybe we're still there's they're still stuck with Albert Pujols and that crazy Plus contract. Plus the Astros and, are there, and if Justin yeah. Upton isn't healthy, that's trouble. That's another contract that could turn poor very quickly. They're just really stuck with they don't have the ability to spend any more money. Yeah. They they spent so much GD money on Mike Trout. That's fine. That's a a fine contract. But that's a lot of money. And they got Pujols, who previously, when they signed him, was on the most expensive contract in Major League Baseball history. Worth pointing out, owners willing to spend. Yeah. You have the best player in baseball. Sure. Great location, as in you are the second team, but you're in a good market, right? Yeah, where do you want to play if you're a guy who's just picking any city? But it, it goes back to, for years, and I think the Yankees shifted people's mindset where you said you just, you're just buying wins, right? You're, you're constantly going on the free agent market and bringing guys. Mm-hmm. It seems like baseball now is you do have to have some sort of development system. You still have to have young talent to populate most of your roster. And, again, I don't study their minor leagues or anything. It when, doesn't seem like they're getting that. When the Angels were, were good and they won a World Series and, and they were building from their, their own pitching staff. Their pitching staff came up. It was yeah. Dan Heron. It was Weaver. It yeah, was, yeah. I mean, they, they, had some, they had some great players that came up. They don't have anything coming up. I, and I, they I, have, like, two healthy elbows between the five of them. Yeah. I, Garrett the, Richards and that tre- sort of thing. Trevor Cahill, Matt Harvey, Skaggs, Stratton, and Felix Pena. That's your starting five rotation right now? Not great. No, that's gross. <laughs> so you're selling them. Yeah, I'm selling. Uh, they're they're going to they're going to tank out and try to rebuild. Cleveland. It, 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 look, so let's go, let's do Cleveland at 2 and 3. I'm I'm out on Cleveland right now. <laughs> I just think beyond possibly Kluber, Trevor Bauer's fine. He's a good pitcher. He might be, he could win the Cy Young. Clevenger's good. Bieber's good. Carrasco's good. Do you guys do you guys feel the hype <laughs> on the uh 
Kluber to San Diego trade rumors. Mm. Have you heard that one? Yeah, I wonder if it wouldn't make sense to to trade Mejia back for him. <laughs> think of that. Think about a team that could use Mejia more than them. Yeah, right. Roberto Perez hit 168 last year, and he's our starting catcher. How did Mejia end up there? The Brad Hand trade. Really? Yeah, again, another player where you're like, how did that guy get traded for relievers? Jeez. Oh, and they also got Simber. I, so I think how I'm going to, when I become the GM of some major league baseball team, what I'm going to do is collect every free agent really good bullpen arm mm-hmm. and flip them for awesome prospects. Yeah. Seems like it works every time. Yeah, for sure. Well, because sure. teams get desperate, and it's, it's, I mean, it's like the Twins and Ramos, really. Oh, Jesus. Cubs one and four. Ten errors, as Tom Schreier so aptly pointed out. Well, I was just watching him play the Braves, and I was like, I think it was Hayward in, uh, in center, and you're like... Was, uh, the, yeah. was that... What, <laughs> what's the song that they play a lot of the clown music? The, uh, um, da, 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 no, da, da. the... Well, that one, too. <laughs> but... Um, oh, yeah, that's from uh, Monty Python. What's yeah. the Monty Python song? Yeah, and so uh, that's what you get when you watch that defense, though, and I just think that they have to tighten it up, and that's another team that c- cried poor all off season long, and I, I can just see Justin over there fist pumping that they're gonna be not very good, and I'm not sure that they're gonna keep doing that, but, but I just think that you know they've they're off to a bad start, and they don't have as much depth as they used to. It's it feels like they're a team that got old really fast. Yeah, like they won that World Series, and it was the, like, and their roster was like. Like they had seven outfielders. Like Jorge Soler was their seventh outfielder. You're like, holy moly, he could start for a lot of teams. And now he's traded for Wade Davis, who's not even there anymore. Yeah, but like Addison I mean, Russell's you, you, you looked at a jerk. core of, that kind of Chris thing. Bryant, uh, Rizzo. Baez, Rizzo, uh, Schwarber. Schwarber. And you looked at that. And Contreras. All, all, all those guys came up basically in the same year or two. And you're like, yep. dang, this team looks like it could be there Russell, too, though. Forever. Russell just and is a jerk. All of a sudden, nothing. Yeah. It it, just, it it seems like they got really old and not great at fielding and yeah. and it seems like they're playing guys out of position a lot just yeah. to try to get bats in the lineup. It does so, sound like something Madden would do. Yeah, it, so I I feel like they need to make a couple of pretty big moves to just yeah. kind of retool that that franchise and make it you know make it something great again because the pitching staff doesn't look great right. anymore. It's, Something it's, called Mark Zagunas is playing against lefties. I think it's tough for teams that had the success they do to let go of the core. And well, also, yeah, too, yeah. you raise your your expectations. The The Dodgers, if you make the playoffs, is not enough. If you win the ALC or the NLCS, it's not enough. Yeah. And you can't improve on you can't improve to perfection. You can't But like what could what could they fetch for a Wilson Contreras right now? I mean less than before. Yeah, absolutely. So Maybe where what, do we what, go? What Wilson I mean, Ramos brought a yeah, reliever, a good I, reliever. Anthony Rizzo is twenty nine. Not as young as people think. Not not as young as people think. Still on that crazy good deal he signed. Why aren't Why aren't we thinking? While he's still on that crazy good deal, move him, move move Bryant, him, and put Bowden at third. Yeah, it just just go try to do some different things and and shake it up. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't seem like they're flexible. Justin enough. wants to shake it up. Yeah. so that's good. How about Justin wants to burn it down? <laughs> He'd burn Wrigley to the ground. I, I, so Justin, I've never met a Brewers fan a Brewers with fan so much wild. Well, so much vitriol toward the other teams in the division. I, I always thought Brewers fans were just like 
Packer fans with nothing to do uh, in the ju- summer? No, they're angry drunks like Justin. Yeah, so it didn't really become an issue until the Cubs won that World Series. Okay. Um, didn't they try to crown your park as Wrigley North or something? Yeah, like oh, they actively call it Wrigley North. And it's true <laughs> because it is it's an the hour der- and a half from Chicago. I'm making the derisive wanking motion right now that's <laughs> not podcast approved. Every mm. single time they play in Milwaukee, it is at least half. Cubs fans, sure. it, and it, it has yeah. been that way for years and years. Before because you they, can gouge them on the tickets. Even... You can turn a $50 ticket into 200 bucks. Yeah, Who's the joke on then, Cubs fans? But yeah, it just seemed like there was a lot of bandwagon fans, especially from the Cubs perspective right after. Okay, so so you're angry because so, of the bandwagon Cubs fans. Yeah, it just it seemed like they got cocky very quickly, and they had, I still think they're a very good Is team. Is he a Packer fan, too? No, I'm not. No. I'm actually a Steelers fan. Okay, good. That's okay. <laughs> so the last team, though, in that division, the the Reds, at one and four. I just don't think they're going anywhere. I really don't. No, no. They're they did move a lot of deck chairs to. They did get Puig. I think that's so funny. Puig going from L.A. to Cincinnati. I don't see it though. I'm selling. All right, <clears throat> here are the players that are off the tough starts, and we'll let you go. Daniel Palka. I am out on Daniel Palka. <laughs> come on. Were we ever in that well, Daniel Polka? <laughs> did you see Twins fans last year? Oh, we didn't need him. Oh it's like, gosh. did you see that he had a 290 on base percentage with those 20 whatever homers? I do a, a show on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio on Saturday mornings, and my producer on that show, Bennett, is a massive White Sox fan. And we'll oh, I'm we'll, sorry. we'll, I'm we'll sorry go for... on the virtues of Daniel Polka all day long. Uh he he hooks up Lucas Giolito starts into his veins oh, and you just, say, just I'm sorry for your losses. Oh my gosh. Eduardo Escobar. Man, uh wrong, wrong wrong place. Just wrong. Such a weird yeah, that he chose like, to go there. Would you rather have him there. or Marwin Gonzalez right now? They're uh, both off the tough starts. I kind of like Marwin cuz he can play a few extra positions. Yeah. But Escobar obviously traded to Zona last year. Had the opportunity as a free agent to pick where he wanted to go. There's a lot of teams that would want to play like him. I yeah, think it's good that he signed, though, because look at what um, the Arizona utility guy last year got. Daniel Descalso got like two years and $4 million from the sure. Cubs. So, I mean, Descalso had a nice year. Arizona's an easy place to hit, so I get it. But what, what contract did he sign there? 3 and 21. Okay. So, I, mean, I think that's about the top of the mark for him. Yeah, not, not much of a tradable asset, no. though, now. So, well, he can play all over, and that's maybe it, but. Now that Lamb is hurt, they need him every day. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm thinking he'll probably be fine, but there is a significant floor for him. Another guy who has a significantly diminished floor is Brian Dozier, off to a slow start in Washington. Yeah, I, uh, I got him on a fantasy team, I've noticed. I've, he, he I was has, trying to sell him going into the season. He though. has some skills that are not going to age well in terms of pull power and strikeouts, and it's just it's not going to age well, and it's possible that that's already started. I think it's already started, and I think it would be safe to say that Dozier could be out of the league by this time next year. The Edina Realty sign is in front of Brian Dozier on your team? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Josh Harrison. Not my cousin. What? No. (laughs) Oh, I was like, wait a second. I thought Matt Harrison, the pitcher, was your cousin. No, that's Matt with two Ts. I do need to get a Matt with two Ts Harrison jersey. Texas Rangers one. I I probably should. probably could find one on I mean, if if you can find somebody with your name... Yeah. In baseball, even if it's spelled a little differently, you should probably try. My desk chair has a Terrell Brandon jersey pulled over it at uh, at Sport Radar. Okay, but that's not your full name. No, but it though. says Brandon on the back, okay, so they sure. know where my my chair is. Sure, I gotcha. You just gotcha. put on a welcome mat and boom. Nah, yeah, yeah like you've yeah. ever heard that no, one. Before. Never, never before. Yeah, uh, somebody actually got me a 
welcome Matt that said hi I'm Matt one time oh. that, that was a little <laughs> little bit clever at least yeah I, I, I'm not real clever but anyway Harrison <laughs> Tigers I just don't think he, I think he's Brandon he's the poor man's Brandon Phillips from a few years ago and that's just not a good thing he's a younger Ben Zobrist maybe Ooh, I don't even know if he's that I think he's <laughs> a poor man's Ben Zobrist, I don't know. I just don't think it's good. I don't think it's good. Miguel a, po- Cab- a poor young Ben Zobrist. <laughs> Miguel, Miguel Cabrera, are you worried he's cooked? Yeah. I, I think he's cooked. I, I think that that's, that's one that I, I think Detroit would love to see him go on a tear for a month and a half and see if they can unload him for yeah, but this, uh, like this, negative picks. Chris, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, can we sweeten the pot yeah, with exactly. a Daz Cameron, if you prefer? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Marwin Gonzalez, how worried are you about a slow start after a spring that wasn't very good and a late signing? Um, you got to be a little worried, but it, 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 like you said, late signing. It, this could be a spring training still. Nathan Eovaldi. I mean, yeah. No. I don't have any idea why he got a four-year deal for what he did in the playoffs. It's I, like, have you seen this guy pitch? He's, he's been a roller he coaster of healthy. emotions for years. He can't stay healthy. I just... I, Okay, so his name is more fun to say than it is to watch him play. Chris, <laughs> Chris Sale and his diminished velocity. Are you worried? Uh, you got to be worried about a guy who's got an arm motion as violent as his. Yeah, and he's he's the one guy who's avoided TJ. Yeah, it's, it's and and Chris Sale is a guy that a couple of years ago I was just watching him and I was like, holy crap, his arm's gonna fall off. He does crazy workouts where yeah. he has, like, a medicine ball, and he dribbles it like a basketball along the wall. Sure. So he'll stand facing a wall, like, a foot away. Okay. And it's like a 20-pound medicine ball, and you're like, ooh. And it's, that's how impressive gotta, his arm strength is. i got to go is. try that later. Yeah, no thank you. But I, I think it's worrisome, but he's only throwing 89, 90, 91. Um, Zach Greinke. Uh, the, the age is catching up with these guys, right? Yep. I mean, yep. it, it, uh, and that's, that's, he has these, two home runs, doesn't he, or something? Right. These yeah. last five. Maybe he's going to become an outfielder. DH, yeah. <laughs> the last five are all going to be where you're like, oh, man, I remember when that guy was good. And you're going to be like, yeah, it was a couple years ago. Uh, so, so, Granky, you're out on? Yep. Matt Harvey. I'm way out. I've been out on him <laughs> since he was a Met. Since the Dark Knight? Yeah. How about John Lester? Yep, out on him, too. The age is just... Too much with some of these guys. It, did you ever read The Arm? No. So it's Jeff Passan's book. Lester is he's already pitching with like a torn UCL. When he signed with the Cubs, it was already like te- fraying and tearing. Mm-hmm. And they had to have some kind of like agreement in the deal or something like that where I think if he has TJ, it, it voids part of the deal or it gives okay. him a deal. But So he's just going to keep pitching through this terrible arm. He does strike me as that kind of a, like a badass kind of guy. Is this like varsity blues where they're shooting the guy up in the locker room and Billy Bob has to come save the coach well, from, did, did, did you ever see not another teen <laughs> movie where the guy's like, can he play? And they're like, I'm not even sure he's breathing, <laughs> but can he play? Exactly. Like, well, isn't it major league? They say he's dead and you like cross him off the list. Yeah. That guy's <laughs> dead. Well, cross him off then. Yeah. Cole Hamels. Uh, it feels like I'm saying all the same names and yeah, the same I, reaction I, from you. Like, are are we excited about thirty seven year old pitchers? No, I mean, no. That Unless, guy, who's the guy from Florida who started for the Marlins? That's crazy. Forty six years old. Charlie Huff. Charlie Huff. He's a knuckleballer. But, though. Yeah, that was the, life. Yeah. So if any of these guys had a great knuckleball, yeah, then we're talking. No, I'm just joking. I just well, none of them up. are Tim Wakefield though. All right, and the last one before we let you go is a guy the Twins will see in Philly this weekend, Jake Arrieta. 
I'm really glad the Twins did not sign him for the crazy amounts of money. Well, even even the opt out, it would have been two and what forty four, and then it's five and a hundred. And, and remember how many Twins fans were upset that I mean, maybe maybe you guys don't remember, but I know that I got a lot of hate tweets about why didn't they sign Arietta? It was totally affordable. And it's like uh, not really. It's always affordable when it's not your money. <laughs> that should be the name of the uh, episode. <laughs> it's always affordable when it's not your money. Well, Matt, hopefully, yeah. hopefully we had enough fun to convince you to come back on. Well, I'm not far. My desk is only, you know, he said, he, well, well, 35 well, what we're feet saying away. Is that you may see us do the show, <laughs> but we're not going to let you back. Oh, yeah, room. sure. Yeah. Do you have a fob? A fob to get into the building? No, to get into this room. Oh, there's no fob. I'm kidding. Come on. Well, hey, just letting you know you're not welcome here. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Uh, I thank you so much though for taking time out of your day. I'm sure you uh, will have to scramble to get all your work done now, and we're sorry for that. But um, where can people find your work or things you're working on? Um, occasionally you get emails from me from Fanball, League Safe, that kind of thing. Uh, I manage the Twitter handles for most of those. Too, and now so. is it? It's Fantasy Football Weekly is. Saturdays in the fall, right? Yeah, Fantasy Football Weekly is uh, Saturdays uh, ten to noon on KFAN. In the fall, though, like starting... Uh, starting uh, in August. Yep. First Saturday Draft of August. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll so be, you guys have training camp then? Yeah, we do the big fantasy football training camp out Smart. at Canterbury, um, where we get about two, 3,000 people to come out and watch the show. You feel like a celebrity? Uh, yeah, that's the, the, the one time a year where I'm like, oh, I'm kind of cool. <laughs> people people want autographs on footballs and stuff. They really want Charger's autograph, but they're like, yeah. oh, yeah, you're here too. We don't want you to feel bad, so you do it too. There we go. Um uh, also do a show on SiriusXM, uh, 7 to 9 local time, uh, SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio. That's XM87, Sirius 210. Yeah. And uh, I do that with uh, Scott Fish and Brian Johnson. Occasionally, Charch will uh, And how many days in. a week is that? Just just Saturday mornings. Uh, seven, to, 7 to 9? 7 to 9 in the morning. Oh, you're going to have to introduce me to Scott Fish. Is he here today? Yeah, okay. absolutely. I've, I've never met him. I follow him on Twitter. He's he's uh, the nicest man in fantasy football, for sure. And so Scott well, and I will be doing, doing the show. <laughs> well, he, you didn't uh, get like $28,000 right, for our right. Toys for Tots this year well, from a fantasy football league. Well, is it because he had 69 league. fantasy football teams? That's the nice amount to have, yeah, right? Well, anyway... We're belaboring this. Thank you so much yeah. for coming on the thanks show. For, Thank you for taking for time out. Thanks for inviting me, for sure. If, if people want to check out your work, they can go to Explosive Output on Twitter. Yeah, you should. Really. Try not to giggle too much. For Justin Producing, for Tom Schreier at T. Schreier 3 on Twitter, this is Brandon Warren at Brandon underscore Warren signing off and saying so long. Thank you for listening to Midwest Swing, part of the Zone Coverage Podcast Network. 